0: This podcast may contain paid advertisements, but more on that later. Welcome to the O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast, where I discuss the nuts and bolts of business and leadership, with a focus on bootstrapping a business from the ground up. This podcast is for all entrepreneurs, bootstrappers, and leaders in all walks of life. My goal is to help you grow both personally and professionally. I am your host, Isaiah O'Connor. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com has the world's largest selection of audiobooks, as well as other spoken word content, such as Audible Originals, Podcast, College Lectures, etc. It's really an amazing site. I love it. I use it all the time. The book I'm recommending today is Good to Great by Jim Collins. It is one of my favorite business books. It really outlines business very, very well. I highly suggest it goes through what caused businesses to go from being a good or bad business to a great business and sustain that greatness for a minimum of 15 years. It is a very well-researched book. Matter of fact, it's a It was a research project that turned into a book. So it's really, really amazing. I highly recommend it. I've pulled several lessons from there into my podcast. Go check it out. Good to great over at audible.com. And if you would like a free copy of that book, all you have to do is go to audible.com forward slash bootstrap with a capital B. And with a free 30 day trial, you get one credit. But if you have Amazon Prime, you get two credits, which is cool, of premium selection titles you like, years to keep. You get the Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, audiobooks, guided wellness, and other Audible originals that you can listen to all you want. No credits needed. And then you will get an email reminder when your trial ends. And after that, it's only 14 95 a month after 30 days, and you get that every month after 30 days. It's a wonderful deal. Go check it out. Audible.com forward slash bootstrap. Now today is part one of a two part interview. I am interviewing Diana Havasak. If I pronounce that anywhere near close, we will go into that in a moment. She is the we I she interviewed me previously. And today we're interviewing her. She is a balloon artist and the creator of World Balloon News, and she's done a lot within the balloon industry. She has a great story of going from a hobby into a business to provide for her family. And we're going to go into that interview. The interview ran a little bit long, so I'm breaking it down into parts. So the first part is how she went from starting balloons as a hobby to winning a Balloon twisting contest at a very high end balloon conference. It's quite an interesting story. And for those of you that have a hobby and you're looking at a way to kind of start a business, this is kind of how you can perfect your skills and get to that point. It's good information, it's a personal story. And then part two, we will talk about how she took that hobby and that success in twisting and came and turned it into a business. Now, along the way, she does make some money. She talks about that. It's a really cool story. Anyway, let's go ahead and without any further ado, let's get into this. I'm here today with Diana. Now, you say your last name. I, I mangle last names. <laughs> <You've been laughs> okay, so once.
1: every... Everyone knows me by, because of how I have my Facebook. So it's have a stack, like have a stack of pancakes, have a stack. The B okay. is technically silent, but oh. you can go. But when it's properly pronounced, it's Habustak. It's Czechoslovakian.
0: Okay. That's cool. So is your dad Czechoslovakian, husband? Where'd you get that last name?
1: Um that is my maiden name. Um okay. so I go off my maiden name on Facebook. Um okay. cuz I am divorced. Okay. My legal name is is root. My father yeah my my grandfather came here um is the only Havestack in the US. He passed away. My father and my grandfather have passed away, but they were he was the only Havestack that made it across because when he came over in 19, I want to say 28, um, he was was leaving, he was escaping Russia because Czechoslovakia was part of Russia at the time. Yeah. So so he was, he was, uh, um, he came over here then and then he became a citizen by joining the army and fighting in World War II as an artillery and a and a um, translator for Russia, for Russian,
0: translated okay. for Russian. That's a pretty cool story.
1: Translated for the U.S. to the Russians. Hey, gotcha. <laughs> I should put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I got it. I got it. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot in words, a lot in names you can find.
1: Yes. <laughs> so
0: we're here on the o'connor bootstrap podcast so we're talking about bootstrapping so let's start off with how did you start off in balloons how'd you get into the business what'd you do beforehand how'd you get into becoming a twister all that yeah
1: okay so i worked for JetBlue as a um customer service rep and i was uh on the phones and i worked from home and sometimes it was always busy but i have a tendency to multitask. I have a tendency to do stuff. So I started doing uh, chainmail jewelry. Chainmail jewelry became kind of like my little passion, but it started gathering up in my house. I like had a lot of it. And eventually like in 2011, I, I said, what else could I learn? No pun intended, but balloons popped in my head. Like literally it just went bing. There it is. And I went, oh, why not? So I went back on YouTube because that's how I started learning chainmail jewelry It was on YouTube. And I went back on YouTube and I found the, I Googled balloon twisting, balloon stuff. And I found the webs or the YouTube channel called Expert Village. Expert Village had this guy on there that just taught, taught, taught me the basics. I, I couldn't tell you his name. I just know he was... He was really tall. He has bought, He's a bald head guy, and and he was just good. He just he would teach you the basics, like the, the balloon helmet and stuff. I um, I, that was like around September in two thousand eleven. I watched it before I went and bought me my first balloons and pump. Then I finally went, got the itch, and I went over to Hobby Lobby, and they had really cheap two sixties. And a really cheap pump. And I'll say cheap pump because it didn't take me very long to break it once I got it. <laughs> and I was ticked off. So the guy on Expert Village would mouth inflate the balloons, right? So I tried to mouth inflate and I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't working. So I literally went back to Hobby Lobby, I don't know how many times, to buy the cheap pump. And I didn't know where to buy a Qualitex pump at the time. This was just I was so new. And but I literally because Hobby Lobby will put everything out on the shelf. And I grabbed every single bag that they had. And it was six bags of balloons, two sixties. They were in a type of, they, they were actually 150 in that bag. Hmm. So, and I was like, cool. So I sat there and I inflated them, um, practiced, you know, I made the typical balloon dog with a really long tail. Oh yeah. uh, Cause I overinflated it um, and things like that. And then I had balloons all over my bed. In my bedroom and the kids were going nuts, and then we popped them all and they ended up fitting all in one bag. And then um, I just I just sat there and I just practiced, practiced. It it was just fun. And on on a side
0: note, have you ever noticed me in trying to find really good high quality balloon images for use in a website or something? You find really, really high quality picture taking. And the balloons are somebody went on YouTube and watched how to make it five minutes before.
1: Yeah. No, I, yeah, that was one of the things I was like, it doesn't look like that. Why doesn't it have that perfect poodle tail? And I was like, it was, yeah, I, 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 um, that was kind of like me. Like, I would take pictures and post them and I'd be like that and, and all that stuff. And then in 2012, that's, that's when, um, happy, uh, January 1st, I was told I was getting a divorce. I was like, oh, wow. So I didn't dive in as much as I started to in, in September of the year before. Um, I had things I had to do. <laughs> and it wasn't until the, later that summer when I started picking it back up again. I mean, I still had them, but I wasn't doing much with them. And then in 2012, I, I picked up again. When I moved, moved out of the house and I was living in, in a trailer park, there was a bar across the street. There's two bars across the street from my trailer park, literally, and not even across the street. It's actually down my driveway, hop over the little cement break and you're in the parking lot. So I went over there and I was doing what, one of the balloon twisters I was watching on YouTube said, just go take your balloons to the bar. You'll make tons of money. And I was like, let's give it a shot. So I headed over to Linda Lou's, and, and I had this bag of balloons and I was like, I went in there and I was like, what do you got in there? And I like balloons. and I was making swords. That was it, like swords and monkeys, little one balloon things. And, um, yeah, you don't, you don't, you not, you not only get paid, you, they'll tip you, but they'd rather buy you a beer first before they start giving you money. So it was kind of funny. So I had like a pitcher of beer. And they are like, well, I'll buy you a beer. And I'm like, I got a pitcher of beer right here. And then they're like, oh, so my catch was have the pitcher of beer on the table with you, then they'll give you money because they're like, oh, well, when you're finished with the pitcher, let me know. Well, I don't drink that much. So the pitcher sat there for quite a while. So I got more <laughs> tips than I did on that. And then once they got once the bar started hopping, it was pretty cool. Now, it's kind of funny,
0: when you first start balloons, you're, tell me if it wasn't the same with you, you're so worried about going through your balloons too quickly, A, and B, it takes so much longer to inflate multiple balloons. Like, yeah, I'm only going to do one balloon objects because it takes so much less time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I still had that cheesy pump, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, this isn't working out for me because that pump broke. So I finally dived into, um i headed over to the zurchers which is a party store here in utah and i went down their uh balloon aisle and on the no i didn't go to zurchers i went to fun days which is a locally owned party store and i went down her little small balloon twisting section because she's more more party so she has um other stuff for parties and things and i saw it i saw it it was a purple it was a purple balloon pump and I grabbed it. It was the Qualitex purple balloon pump. Yeah, yeah, I remember and I, yeah. And I grabbed it and I was like, no way. Okay. I, I got, I got one that I've seen on YouTube. I can do this, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that sucker. I, I, I never, it never broke on me, but what it got is one of my daughter's friends stole it because she thought it was the coolest thing ever. So She <laughs> stole a bag of balloons and my balloon pump, no joke. And I was like, I was mad because I found out that that one was like the workhorse before they changed it to the green pump.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We,
1: so. I, I learned
0: balloons in a missionary, uh, the youth with the missions missionary organization. We do balloons on our little outreach trips with the kids. And we went through a lot of the purple pumps. The green ones are a bit more sturdy.
1: Yeah. They're all, I think. The, the, I've broken two green ones. I've, yeah. I've broken two green ones. But We've, technically I've kind I, of
0: destroyed a few myself, but mm-hmm. that's actually destroyed. And my kids have my kids destroyed a couple because I came home one time and found them chewed on. <laughs> my actual had, boys, I, not my dogs, my boys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How fun. I um I uh after the in 2013, my friend who ran was a co-owner of one of the renaissance festivals here in Utah said that I could set up a booth no charge and I could sell my chainmail jewelry because he was just trying to help me out trying to get me out of the funk mm. um and and he says and also bring your balloons we want you to bring your balloons and I I was nervous cuz I was like I don't really know much but I was trying I was diving in I was like let's do this so I had my bag of balloons and I was, uh, sitting there selling my chainmail jewelry and it was getting closer to the end of the day. And this guy walks up. It was funny. Cause at the time my son was 10 years old, Tyler, who's now 19. And he looks at me and he goes, I go, Tyler, look over there. It's Santa Claus on vacation. This guy with white hair, white beard, red shirt, <laughs> khaki pants was wandering around. And he just, you know, he, he portrayed Santa. I mean, I had no idea who he was, but it was just Santa, you know? And so he actually wanders over to my booth and he looks at what I do and he goes, oh, he sees my wire tying, my twisting that I also had done to some rocks and made some pendulums and stuff. And he goes, so you twist wire? And I said, yes. He goes, well, I twist this. He pulls out a balloon out of his pocket, mouth inflates it and makes a, makes a teddy bear and then inflates a heart and hands it to me. And my son goes, "My mom does that, and I, I looked at him and I said, "I can't make a teddy bear <laughs> <laughs> out of every out of everything out of everything I could do, which was sword, monkey, dog, cat um and 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 a few weird hats and stuff like that. I say
0: I still don't like twisting teddy bears
1: that, that well, whenever I twisted it, the teddy bear head would pop off. I am not joking, And I think it had to do with the quality of the balloons that I was using. Because I wasn't using Qualitex yeah. at that time yet.
0: Well, if that keeps happening, just call yourself the queen of hearts.
1: hmm Yeah. And um, he ended up talking to me. And he, and he, I don't know. Man, that guy got everything out of me. He talked to me and talked to me and talked to me. And then eventually got to the point that I had to have my kids break down the booth. And I walked him to his car. When I got to his car, he had a Santa sleigh with reindeer running up the backs <laughs> on the side of his car, and I just went, "You've got to be kidding me!" Because he wasn't—I wasn't asking about what he does. He was asking what I'm doing. What am I doing in my life? He, he just, and he, you know, I told him I was divorced. I told him that, you know, that all this is going. I'm selling this, trying to make money. You know, I was still working for JetBlue. Yeah. and um he's he goes he goes i'm 80 plus years old and he's standing right by his door and he looks at me he goes i'm 80 plus years old i don't mentor people anymore but i'm going to mentor you and this was um my mentor chef hugo and his his stage name chef hugo it was hugo taylor <clears throat> and once I found out who, who he was, I was, I was like, wow. So chef, chef Hugo took me under his wing and told me, and this was a Saturday. And he goes, I'll see you on Tuesday at the 12th street golden corral where you can shadow me. And he goes, but there's one catch. And I said, what's the catch? He goes, you have to learn how to mouth inflate a balloon. And I went, oh my gosh, I've already tried that. That's like my head explodes. And he's like, that's the, that's the deal. And I went, okay. So the next three days, um, that are next two days technically, but I had until that evening of, the, of Tuesday. So the next three days, I'm sitting there learning how to mouth inflate. So I, I came to the point that I as long as I could get it halfway mouth inflated, I can make anything. Yeah. So I, I, I succeeded. I can mouth inflate halfway. And the first thing he did when I walked into the restaurant is sit me down and he goes, okay, show me. And I mouth inflated. Now he didn't do that because he really, I mean, he, he wanted me to learn how to mouth inflate, but he did that because one he's 80 plus years old. He does not mentor anyone. And he, I realized later that he was kind of like my grandfather. If you're going to do it, prove it. Mm-hmm. If you really want to learn from me, prove it. So when I showed him that I spent the next two days learning how to mouth inflate, I literally, I was serious. And he just grinned, and then from then on, he he had me shadow him at the restaurant, and then um, he told me where to buy balloons which um, I don't buy from that company anymore. But uh, Loftus is here in Salt Lake City where they supply people with balloons. And uh, they're a wholesale company. And um, so I went and bought my first couple bags of miscellaneous bags is what he told me to order. So I bought a couple miscellaneous bags of balloons. And of course I was the typical person and bought the traditional which had the crystal balloons in there hmm. and so i had to learn how to i bought a, a lot of them so i had to learn how to twist with crystal metallic balloons yeah so i it can be a little bit, bit more interesting
0: especially in the hot summer days Like, kind of go pop
1: yeah 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 but um i had to use them and and all that so he was he was old school he had um his has clown pockets in his pants. So he had multiple pockets and he'd just have his balloons stuffed in his pocket and he would do one balloon items. Now he can build um, bigger things, but his talent was in interacting with people, making them laugh, show a little magic tricks, do a little fun things.
0: Yeah, those and, are the best balloon artists, in my opinion. I, I've i met, I've got met a guy, it was a homeless guy or somebody like that, in San Francisco, making balloons, and he made a teddy bear. And again, I was struggling how to figure out how to make that. So I asked him, How you do it? He was like, You just twist until it looks like a bear. Me, something like that. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, like, not a smile. Like, the whole time I was like, Hair kid, hair kid, hair kid. <laughs> uh, no. But then I read about a guy who it was like, like the uncle, and he just knew how to, all he knew was how to inflate and tie. Yeah. And he was making the most weird things like this is a 16-legged octopus with no head. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, there's a snake that's eating another snake, but you can't see the other snake because it just ate it. And like you just make <laughs> it a whole story, and he's just like totally randomly just twisted into this mesh of nonsense. But the kids loved him because it was all about the experience of him making the balloon. Yes.
1: Yes. And that's, and that's what I learned from him. Yeah. It's that's the most how important to tell thing. A story, how and to tell a story. It, it, yeah. I, I dived into that. I was like, how do you tell the story? And I watched him and watched him and he got me into this big, big event that he was in charge of hmm. called the um, pre-party event for the days of 47th. So here in Utah, we celebrate the day that the, the, the Latter-day Saints entered into Utah, and it's called the Days of 47th. It's on the 24th of, of of Utah. And, okay. Hold on. Oh, that's the neighbor's dog, not my dog. Okay. Um, I'm going to go back inside. Um, so, the uh, Days of 47th, so it's a huge event over, it, it gathers up about 100,000 people a day and it's a three-day event or two-day event and it can gather up to hundred thousand or more a day depending so what they do is they display the the floats that are going to go down the the parade the next on the last day Mm. Um, so they do the parade in a couple uh, in a couple days and it's usually two days to three days before the 24th So it's usually the 20th and the 21st or depending on what day the 24th lands on, but it's usually the Monday, Tuesday before the 24th. Hmm. So um, I'm standing there right next to him and he goes, you're going to be right next to me. There's 10 other twisters. I show up and they're all looking at me like, who are you? You know, and this was in 2013. I was nervous as heck. And he says, you're going to make a lot of money here. And I said, am I really? (laughs) I didn't know. I I had no idea. And I was behind. Um, so I, I bought my, I was, I was, I was behind on my um, taxes on my trailer. I hadn't paid it yet. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And I was struggling uh, financially cuz um you know i i worked for jetblue but i didn't make that much money and i had custody of the kids yeah and and stuff so there's personal things in there but so yeah. i was struggling like said he goes you <laughs> yeah yeah so he's like you can you can do this and so i sat there and i started making these things and I was watching all these beautiful, like um, butterflies and dragonflies and things like that. I couldn't do, I do a butterfly, but you know, the one balloon butterfly and things like that. And I'm watching him work and then he would send kids over to me and I'd do stuff. And all of a sudden my line was just so huge. I was overwhelmed. I was like, oh my gosh. And these guys are just whipping out all this stuff really fast. And I was like, whoa, and
0: like, I need a four was-
1: bump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I I mouth inflated that uh over over two hundred balloons that day. Like I, I, I think it was like five hundred balloons because mm-hmm. I didn't have a pump. I did not have a pump that day, that first day. And I get done and we're cleaning up, and he looks at me, and I'm like, he goes, "How'd you do?" And I said, "I don't know yet." And and he goes, "Okay, I'll t- I'll call you in the morning, and I'll see you in the morning." And I said, "Okay." So I had to come back the next day when I woke up, the palm of my hand was so sore. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And and my my cheeks and my throat, because I used to play jazz saxophone. So I knew how to do an embouchure. I knew how to keep those cheeks in. But oh, my gosh, everything was just so sore. And I literally grabbed my little hand pump (laughs) and I took it with me. He's calling me and I, I told him, I said, Hey, I'm going to be just a little late. I have to go to the, to the County court or not County court, the County. Um, <clears throat> um, recorder's
0: office or whatever.
1: Recorder's office. Yes. The County's recorder's office. I, and he goes, well, how much money did you make? And I said, I made exactly the amount of money I needed to pay my taxes. Nice. And he goes, and he goes, see, I knew you'd do good. And And then I went back out there and then then I made twice as much money that second day. So that, that whole day ended up with um, this was tips only job. This was a tips only job and Utah's very stingy on tipping people in Utah just don't tip. And it's just so hard. So I was, that was a reality because they would come in with six, seven kids and They'll give you a dollar, or they won't give you anything, and you're like, "Oh my god, this sucks." But well, one well, it's thing still that, better than
0: Norway. It, there's just no tipping culture in Europe.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. So that I... is that is true with the Europeans um, and stuff. Um, but at the same time, chef kept telling me, "Don't ever deny a kid a balloon," and it mm-hmm. hit me in the heart. You know, and exactly. I I wouldn't. I was I was eager to get more money because it would really help financially. But at the same time, you see this little kid, some of them didn't dress really well, you know, you Mm. knew they were coming from hard knock life and, and, or, or troubled family or something. And they have little scared faces or, or they're excited and they're shy. And I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't not give them a balloon. So I made (coughs) them, I made them a balloon and, and it all, it all took out this great feeling. And in the end, no joke. This guy was watching me. He walks up to me and he hands me a twenty-dollar bill. And he says, "You are the most entertaining person in this whole group, besides him." And I was like, "Dude, I've been doing this less than two years, or you know, technically, mm-hmm. if you really add it together, um, because I didn't really work all through 2012, and I started late in 2011, and I think like, if you added it up, technically, I've only been." twisting for just less than two years. And, and I was, I was overjoyed at that point. I, I was locked in I, after that event, that guy walking up, putting $20 in, he says, I've been watching you for hours. And because we weren't too far from where people sat to watch the little, little girls do their dances and parade and little things like that, the little shows and that they had there too. And I looked at chef and I told him about it at the end of the day and he just grinned at me and he says, I knew you had it in you. And I was like, I was, and that I was hooked. I was literally, I was crying. I was like, I didn't know I had this skill. I didn't know I could do this. I, I, I was just overwhelmed. And then, and then I started joining the balloon groups, balloon twister central. And, Mm. um, was the first balloon group I've, uh, you know, cause it, it was something. And then, um, in 2014, I'm going to pause you there for
0: one second there. I want to drill into the entertainment part of it because even when I have a huge line, I am always trying to find some way to interact with the kid, some way to have them help me. When I make a sword, I usually stick to the standard quick pirate sword. Yes. The reason I do that is A, it's very fast to do pirate sword. I can do a yes. the kind of cheat cross sword. I call it the Zeus sword because you can make a li- like a lightning bolt shape out of the sword and make one twist. The one twist sword, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Or flower petals. But uh, Yeah,
1: or the flower petals.
0: Yeah, I prefer though to make the, the pirate sword, A, because pirates are big here in Norway. We, in here in where I'm from, there's a pirate called Captain Sabretooth, who's super famous here. And a Norwegian guy wrote this whole story. There's a there's a zoo slash park, like a um, you know they got a water park, they've got rides, etc. But they have yeah. a boat out there. They do a show. He comes out. He interacts with the kids. So it's a huge thing here. So pirate swords are good. But you, for those who don't. This is a business podcast. For those business people that don't know how pirate sword's made, you make a loop, you tie the loop together, and then you feed the rest of the balloon through. The reason I explain this is every time I make the pirate sword, I always put the the tip through the loop just a little bit, and then I have the kid pull the sword all the way through so they're interacting with me. They're helping me create the balloon.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, that's a cool idea.
0: Uh, um. and, I When I make a poodle or a jester hat with the little uh, poodle tail balls. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but I learned how to make the poodle tails without sucking on them or anything else, where you prep them and you just squeeze it out. And so I have them blow on the tail. They don't know why. And as soon as they blow on it, I squeeze it. And as they blow, the tail pops out.
1: Yeah. When I learned that trick, it was amazing. Those kids' eyes just go boom.
0: And and it's just always interacting. Just every little interaction. (laughs) Or I'll inflate a balloon and I have a floor pump now. I have a filbert. And it shoots out that balloon really quick, really long. And Uh I'll aim it and I'll smack some kid in the back of the head who's not looking with it. (laughs) As I inflate it. Or an adult. Oh, were, were you there? Sorry. you know. Or if someone kid comes behind me, I'll swing around and smack them behind me. Oh, sorry, you know, just anything like that. And oh, my favorite though is when you inflate, you have to let a little air out, burp the balloon. I'm just explaining for those who don't know. You have to let a little air out before you start twisting because a pump will overpressure the balloon and I'll pop. So, what I'll do is I'll usually reach back to about the third person in the line behind the kid in front of me because they're not paying attention and go right behind the air. And then I'll let, I'll burst the balloon right behind there. And then they turn around <laughs> and look at me. I pull my hand back really quick. And I just this totally <clears throat> fake, innocent, I just got my hand caught in the cookie jar. look and go, it wasn't me. It was the <laughs> <a> clown. <Yeah. laughs> and they go, you're the clown. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> just any little thing to interact with a kid. And that's what, I, Yeah. It, that's the most important thing with this. Not yes skilled. and i've it's the it, interaction. i've seen
1: that yeah the interaction that's what that's what chef taught me it was the interaction of it all was part of um part of the joy of doing it when i was at that event i watched several people that some of them were in their co- clown costumes some of them weren't chef was actually part of the clown alley here in utah he mm. created it um and um Um, it was just these group of people. And I've seen some of them who just zip through it. They just, what do you want? Boom. Here you go. Go away. What do you want? Boom. Here you go. Go away. And I watched Chef Hugo and his interaction and how he gathers kids around and he walks around. He doesn't really actually stay in his spot for his line. He walks up to people and talks to them. So um, you would just see these older kids. It's when I saw the teenagers come up to him and laugh and play and he'd do these tricks where he would launch the balloon into the air, uh 260 into the air, and then it would come right back at him. And and he would just do these things and he would he has this little coin trick thing or his little dice thing and a little tin copper tin thing, and it's not very big and it's <clears throat> no bigger than a quarter size, and then half an inch tall or an inch tall and you could palm it. But anyways, he, he would do this trick and, and he he just has these things that he would do. And that, and I was like, I want to be like him. (laughs) I was like, that's what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to be able to get the kids around and do it. But I had to find what was, what would work with me? What, what did I do? So I found out I was actually really good at telling a story while I balloon twisted. Once I got to the point where muscle memory came in and I didn't have to look down as much or at all looking at the kids and looking at them in the eye and asking them questions and then telling them stories while I twist was the best thing, especially telling them the story of what I was making. Um, Because if I told them a little bit about what I was making, like a llama or a Pikachu or, or, a teddy bear, which I finally learned how to make um, I would tell him a little bit about him, like when I lived in West Yellowstone, and I used to we'd have to at night we'd have to make sure all our doors were shut because the bears would wander through the town or, or I'd talk about boo-boo you know and and um um and, and how he always kept uh um what's his name the other bear in line for not stealing Yogi, keep Yogi in line for not stealing the um, the picnic, picnic basket. basket. Yep. Then you know, I do a lot of '80s references, and the the parents were like, "Ha ha ha ha!" <laughs> cause yeah. that's
0: I, I I've joked with the parents uh, too. You know, try to make the parents laugh. I'll, I'll make jokes to the parents. Uh, <laughs> keep it hey. easy, but keep it. Different references the parents will get, and the kids are like, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I also like guessing games. I'll ask the kid, what would you like? Would you like a surprise? And they go, okay, surprise me. And then I'll come up with a surprise. And I'll have them try to guess what I'm making. And that's always fun to get them really kind of focused. And my favorite was... is a pacifier. Ever do a pacifier using a um, Geo blossom and a 160? Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. When I finally got geoblossoms, actually the funny thing is, is it wasn't until I went to my very first convention that I discovered the oddly shaped balloons at the jam room.
0: <laughs> and
1: then I was, then I was like overwhelmed. I was like, Oh my God, there's so much more. If you puff up a geo blossom just a little bit and tie it to a old, like a, a tree with a few, um, like a A tree that has no more leaves on it and hang it upside down, it looks like a bat.
0: (laughs) I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah,
1: that was the first thing I did when I grabbed a geo, a black geo blossom and I puffed it up and I was like, just looking at it. And I was like, and then I made a tree and tied it and I just set it down. I had all these guys, like all these pros that have been twisting for like 20 years, especially Baldy. He comes up and he's looking at it. He's like, oh my God, I never thought of that. And I was like, cool isn't it it's a bat and he goes yeah i can tell <laughs> i was like i was overwhelmed that these guys were like coming up to me i was like yeah it's a bat you know i thought mm-hmm. maybe some of you would already kind of figure that one out but it, that's when i started learning that people that are new to the to the industry also come up can come up with different um visions of what what they see yeah Exactly. And that sometimes even the newbies can teach people that have been in it for a while. And that was, God, my first convention was, that was, that was interesting. I got to tell the story about how that happened. I was at the bar. It goes all the way back to the bar. And they were doing a fundraiser for breast cancer and they wanted uh, me to do balloon heads and then breasts uh and then uh then they wanted me to not do breasts like breasts they wanted me to do uh bras so yeah, yeah. people would come in and get bras and i was like i don't know i've never done a a head uh, a large head and so i tried and i i posted it and i said okay what am i doing wrong i need to make it look less scary everyone was laughing you know there were, i posted it on Blue twister central a lot of people were laughing i get this email uh, out of the blue, I get this email and I open the email and it was Martin Lemire, uh, my f- very best favorite French Canadian. And he goes, Diana, he goes, I saw your post and I want to help you because you have potential. And I was like, because I had posted other things too, but I was like, okay. And he goes, I've got Felish Flash and he's going to send you, he's going to send you a gift. <laughs> and Felish flash sent me the P- pdf of the first head of his first faces to come or his first faces and he, of just one of the heads so he sent that to me and i was like <clears throat> I, I i'm sitting in the trailer <laughs> titsume hush i was sitting in the trailer in, in my in my mo- mobile home and i was I I get this PDF and I'm looking at it and I'm looking at my balloons and I'm like, well, I don't have all the sizes because I was supposed to use one sixties, but I realized, and it took me, I studied it. I just sat there and looked at it for six months. That's I, I I was so intimidated. I finally made it, but I found out that I had the mocha brown in three sixties. Three fifties because it was Qualitex at the time so it's 350 260 and 160 and I was like I can do this because I have all the three sizes I need but they're in mocha instead of the blush and so out of the blue Kelly Papikino I was friends with her at the time she messages me and she goes and on I don't know what happened but she was messaging me that night and we were talking on, on balloon twister central. And she says, do a Mayan head, Diana, I challenge you. And I was like, oh my God, I can do that now. So <laughs> I sat there and I, I made it, but because I studied the PDF so much, my first attempt was actually the first picture. I did it, you know, and I posted it. And then I get this, I get this comment underneath it from Felis that's, that said, I knew you could do it. And Martin Lemire is like, I knew you could do it. And then I was just overjoyed. I was like, so this is later 2014. This is after, um, I gave birth to my little son, Anton, and I was bedridden. I, I, it was a very difficult pregnancy. So I was actually bedridden and the recovery was just as bad. And I had lost my JetBlue job and um, I was paper route. I was doing, no, I wasn't even paper routing. I was actually, uh, floating between jobs and no, yeah, I was doing paper route. Yeah. I was doing paper routes. I was just doing paper routes and, uh, I, I get done doing that. I can't remember. It was like almost fall when I did that. So the next couple months, I was watching people do stuff, and they were gearing up for the Twist and Shout. I had no idea what Twist and Shout was. I had no idea. And what is Twist and were, Shout? Twist and Shout is a convention, a huge convention that's been around for over twenty years. Um, uh, ran by Pat, Patty Sorrell. No, is it? Yeah, Patty Sorrell. And and um they were going to be in Vegas. Now I, I was glimpsing it in the earlier months, but then I realized later that it was in Vegas and I totally missed it. And I was like, bummed. So I made a comment how I missed it. Well, January in, in January, I fell in a manhole and I broke my back. Ouch. Um, so it took until March. I I, I still did my paper, paper route until March. And then I was like, I had to quit. And then I was literally no job, nothing. My dad and my mom were like, you can do this. And I'm like, what can I do? And Kelly, and I mentioned how I, I to Kelly, how I missed the convention that sucks cause that would have been cool to go see it. Cause that was in January, February, I think. And, and that, but there was no way I was gonna make a trip to Vegas. <clears throat> she told me about bling bling jam in July. And I was like, no, I can't make that, you know, that's July. That's like right during the days of 47th. And then I looked and I was like, well, it's after, after I do that two-day event. So I asked my dad, my dad said, everything I learned after I got done with him, he's a, he was, he's a, he was electric and he was an electric engineer. And he goes, conventions are the best place to learn things. He goes, uh, you're going. And I looked at him and I said, I could barely walk. I can, um," and he's like, no, you're going. And so I took, I took my daughter Jeannie with me and so she could help me out. And we went, drove down there and I get there a day early. I meet up with Kelly. Kelly was there. We roomed together and we're standing outside of the D hotel and Natalie shows up and grandma V shows up and Diane cross shows up and this guy shows up and I'm and two other guys Paul Bellinger shows up and stuff and and then this other guy shows up and I'm standing there and we're talking and they're like and and the guy I did not register at all who he was and he's like I'm from uh, he goes we're here we got to eat at um at Robin Tino's. And so we went over to the Golden Nugget and and we went over to eat at Robin Tino's and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm across from Martin Lemire. And I didn't know it was Martin. I did not know it was Martin. I literally did not catch the name or anything, but I'm sitting right next to Natalie across from Martin and we're eating. And, and then he's just, he's, they, they buy a bottle of wine and he's constantly filling my glass full of wine and I'm like, I don't drink this much, you know? <laughs> and I'm like walking around and I get out, and then Grandma V buys me this big boot of tequila sunrise something, and she hands it to me, and I'm carrying this, and we're walking around. And then Martin goes, They're like, okay, we got to go for a bathroom break. And Martin stands there, and he goes and comes back out, and I'm standing there, and I'm just kind of like watching these people interact, and I'm just overwhelmed with who I'm around. And Martin looks at me and he goes, <clears throat> He goes, Diana, and I go, yeah, he goes, do you remember me, and I said, I'm sorry, we've never met, he goes, yeah, we've never met, and he's got his French, French French-Canadian accent, you know, he goes, but you should remember me, and I was like, he goes, I'm Martin, and I, and I, I, I went, yeah, he goes, I'm Martin Lemire, and I looked at him, and then I started crying, and I hugged him, and I was like, OMG, I go, it, 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 it was because of him and Felish's kindness that, that had me do that head and Kelly pushing me to say, do the Mayan head. So, and she didn't know I had that. She didn't know I had that PDF. And, and I made that head. And I was like, it's because of Martin and Felish's kindness that gave me the courage to tell my dad about the convention after missing Twist and Shout, that there was another one in Vegas. To go to a convention, and and I was just overwhelmed, and that was the first time I met Martin. Yeah, I'm on as,
0: as well. I'm trying to.
1: I mean, yeah, and 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 I talked to I talked to. It's now Rupert because he goes. He's going by his his name now. Yeah, yeah. But Rupert, yeah. So I, I was like, I still talk to Rupert um, every now and then, and and stuff. He's doing this great uh, fairy fairy, fairy finder. And my, my, my grandkids and my son totally love it. And they'll watch it and they're enthralled. My little grandbaby, who's not one yet, will just stare at him. And it's just the coolest thing ever. Just stare at him. Um, But that was another change in my life because I was going through so much. I was like, uh, I didn't know what to do. I had absolutely no direction. I I lost the paper out because I couldn't do it anymore. My my legs and back. I didn't know I broke my back. I did not know. And and I was doing that. And then Jack Matson comes up to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know who he was? Oh my god! And I made this comment, and he's looking at me like really. And they're like, are you going to compete in the competition? And I said, no, they're like, you're going to compete in the competition. And I was looking at all these people going, why do you want this newbie who can't do shit? Sorry, who can't do crap. Do something, you know, but apparently they had faith in me. And so I made. I made. um, One one of my favorite um, people in Vegas, because he created it and and. And. he created Vegas. I mean, he um <clears throat> he created the stage shows in Vegas and he was flamboyant and um um <sighs> well, I can't think of his name now. God, that so sucks because I love him. Um so he He's the one that really actually started making Vegas really popular to go to do shows. He had his little outfits that were just jeweled out, his fingers were jeweled out. Um and he had so much that he gave. And um, oh, um what is his name? Now I'm gonna um don't you love it? When you're getting interviewed, you totally don't remember people. And um Liberace. Liberace. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so I made so I started doing Liberace and I did him in pink because one of his outfits, he he liked to wear pink. And then yeah. I did this big, huge kind of almost heart shaped because he always had these really high back um, collars things. Yeah, right? yeah it yeah. looked like heart shape. Well, Grandma V comes up and says, don't you have bling? And I'm like, I have nothing. I, I didn't know. I was." Sp-. And so she hands me these stick on jewels that you get from the dollar store. She goes, put them all over. So I started putting all over it. And I was like, it's OK. She goes, use all you want. And grandma V was handing me stuff and, and I was sticking these on and, and I stuck a few on his fingers. So he had jewels on his fingers and stuff like that. And Jack Matson comes up to me and looks at me, he goes, that's Liberace, isn't it? And I said, yeah, He goes, that's good. He goes, I did Liberace. Here's mine. And I looked at it and it was good. The weave was really nice and everything like that, but he, he was all in white. So you could also mistake him as Elvis. Yeah. You know, and, and, but I didn't want that. I wanted to make sure if you saw it, you knew it was liberalized because Elvis would not wear pink, you know, yeah, he yeah. always wore white. And, um, and then I put a candelibre in his hand and, and stuff. And then I displayed it and stuff and like that. And I was like, okay. But, and then I, I, um, Paul Bellinger showed me a trick. And then I asked him if it was okay if I use it for the headband competition. He says, yeah. So I made these little roses to so go on a very simple headband competition. I mean a very simple headband for the competition. And I ended up winning two awards. I won um both um both People's Choice Awards uh for the headband and the liberace. And I ended up making my first costume and Jeannie was in a steampunk outfit. I didn't know, I just all of a sudden dived in and did it. And I was like, wow.
0: And with that i figured that's a great spot to start winning a competition that you were not expecting to enter in the first place is a great boost to your confidence and right after this point actually i asked her how she turned this success in twisting as a hobby and as an occasional little bit of extra income into a business we talk about that and then We also discussed some challenges she's faced in this last year since 2020 and all this other stuff that's been going on. So it's an interesting interview. We will continue that on Thursday, tomorrow. Okay, everyone. Talk to you later. And I'll see you actually tomorrow because this one's going up a day late. Bye-bye. If you found value in this content please leave a comment and give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform you use. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most other podcast platforms. If you would like to support us, you can check out our sponsor links, or if you would like to directly support the show, you can donate or join our membership program at buymeacoffee.com forward slash bootstrap. Of course, it really helps when you share these podcasts as well. If you would like to interact with me and other bootstrappers and leaders, you can join our O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast Facebook group. You have been listening to the O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast and Athos Business Solutions Podcast. For our companion podcast, the Athos Business Podcast, hosted by Jason St. Clair, past episodes and related blogs, check out our website at www.athos.com, which is www.a p-h-e-o-z.com or a the com. until next time i've been
1: your friendly neighborhood entrepreneur isaiah o'connor